last night the Northfield School Board uh, met uh, and uh, one of their one of their last final uh, meetings before, not quite the final, I think, before the school year starts. Yet, it's not yeah. that far off, but we have Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, joining us right now. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in. It's much appreciated. How has Always the, great uh, to be with you, Jeff. How's the summer been going? It's, we're, we're just a few weeks away from the start of the school, and all of a sudden, summer's almost over. It's. I think for most people, it's been an odd summer, right? It's been mm-hmm. a, a good summer, but it, at times it has seemed like it has been... Uh, an appropriately slow-paced summer, and other times it seems like it's going faster than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Now, one of the things that as school approaches, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing an uptick in some of the uh, COVID-19 testing and in the cases and in the hospitals and such, too. The the COVID protocols and the uh, health protocols that uh, you operate under were talked about, discussed, and approved last night. Uh, Tell us about this. Correct. So, you know, I, I want to share that the fact that we had to talk about having any safety measures for this school year uh, is something that, frankly, is really disheartening to myself and to, I think, most people uh, in the school district. We, we don't want to have to implement additional safety protocols. But unfortunately, we have seen a, a rise across the country and starting here in Minnesota in terms of a resurgence, another surge uh, in uh, coronavirus cases that our uh, MDH is saying is really fueled by this Delta variant, a more contagious version of COVID-19. Um, Jeff, as recently as probably 10 days ago, I, th- I thought we'd be able to go into the school year with um, probably very, in fact, no required safety protocols. But unfortunately, in about the last 10 days, that has changed. Now, we want to start with the good news. We are in a far better place than we were last summer, right? When we were talking at this time last summer, you know, we were getting new information all the time, and it, there were, we were planning for things like a hybrid learning environment and a totally online learning environment and a reduced bus capacity and spacing students six, six feet apart and new lunch procedures. And so we are in a much different and a much better place this year than we were last year. We've, uh, we've learned how to manage uh, the virus within our school and, and do the best that we can uh, to keep students safe. We've used research and uh, with also the the best minds in public health from the CDC and MDH, and we're implementing some safety protocols this fall, um, but far fewer, in fact, way fewer than what we had last year. I think the key thing, of course, uh, which is we know is the, the social uh, flashpoint for many people, are face coverings. And so uh, we have a guidance from the Academy of Amer- American Academy of Pediatrics, Uh, We have guidance from the Centers for Disease Control. We have guidance from the Minnesota Department of Health. Uh, We had a signed letter of advocacy and support from 28 local physicians and other healthcare professionals, uh, as well as a letter of support from Northfield Hospital and clinics to move to at least to begin the school year with universal masking. So what that means is that regardless of a person's vaccination status inside a Northfield Public Schools building, uh, people will be expected to uh, wear their masks. And that actually starts tomorrow as we start to see how that uh, the Delta variant is fueling some resurgence here in Rice County. And I think the public health guidance is to get ahead of this so we don't let it get a foothold. I'm really hopeful that this uh, universal masking requirement is something that is short-lived for many of our students. I do want to be transparent. I think it will be a longer uh, safety measure for those students not yet uh, ready to be vaccinated. So we had the guidance from uh, these public health officials and local, respected local medical experts. Um, We also are looking at another, we're looking at layers of mitigation. So when we think about 
uh, in addition to face coverings, you know, we're also looking at the vaccination rates. We know we have a very high percentage of our staff who are vaccinated. We've been using aggregate data from Rice County. We're actually getting some more precise data now, and we estimate a little bit more than half now of our 12 to 17-year-olds uh, are vaccinated, and we'd like to see more of that. So we hope that folks who are listening that they uh, would strongly consider, of course, it's a personal choice, but strongly consider, you know, taking your student to get vaccinated. There's all sorts of places in town that you can can do that. So we would like to see that vaccination rate rise. And again, we know that we've had case increases over the last several weeks. So when we look at all of those things together, uh, we think it's important that we do the best that we can to, to take public health guidance and implement that. I do hope it's short-lived. We will continue to review that, Jeff. We'll, we'll look at it regularly. Uh, and of course, we'll make any adjustments as needed. The flip side of that, for any parent listening, they know that uh, the real big concern last year was about quarantining. And so when a student was, or anyone was, considered to be a close contact, we've talked about this before, right, where you are within six feet of someone who tested positive for COVID-19, you had to quarantine. With universal masking, the new CDC guidance says that if both people, if the person who tested positive and then the other people who would have been considered close contacts around them, if they were all wearing a mask, uh, that's one of the ways that you don't have to quarantine. So the purpose, the overall purpose of uh, the face covering requirement is to ensure uninterrupted in-person learning for our students. And I think when people think about that, they think about saying the whole school or the whole district to distance learning. That was disrupted, but you talk to a lot of families. It was the, I get a call at 10 a.m. and my student you know, had been a close contact. They need to come home for 10 days. That was even more disruptive than probably anything else, I think, if we talk to our staff, we talk to our students, and we talk to our families. So when we weigh all of those things, uh, the board did make the difficult decision to implement uh, these safety requirements. And so again, we're not needing to do physical distancing um, based upon a, a research from MIT and some other locations about how the distancing just didn't make as much of a difference as they originally thought. So we have this really, the, the main safety protocol is wearing a mask indoors. And that's intended regardless of your vaccination status to help make sure that we can keep this next surge down and out. Now, as far as distance learning and uh, learning off the campus, uh, shutting down the campus at some time, uh, you know, that that's happened in the past, not expecting that this time, but nope. do you have to plan for that? Even if you're not expecting it, uh, do there, are there some contingency plans in place uh, in case it does get that bad? So I think, Jeff, the, our ability to be able to shift if we needed to, which I do not see uh, as a probability, uh, is something that we've learned over the last year. And we do have an all-the-time all the online program. As you know, it's a state-approved all-the-time online program called Portage for families who do want an all-the-time online learning experience. We're up to a little bit over 60 students who have enrolled in that. In fact, because we're a state-approved online program, we can now enroll people from other school districts. And so we do have our first uh, enrollees from other school districts to the Norfield schools through the Portage program. So uh, we are prepared to make those shifts. We, we had done that before the pandemic, if you remember, in terms of experimenting with e-learning days on days that we had to cancel for weather. So our staff is able to shift if needed. I, we are not, we think that we believe these safety protocols are going to be, again, the layers of mitigation with vaccinations for those who are eligible, this uh, universal indoor face covering requirement. And then we think about the other things that we can do behind the scenes, like making sure that we have the appropriate fresh air mix and quality ventilation, which I'd be happy to talk with you about it at a different time. But putting all of these things in place so that we can, uh, we proved last year, we can have students in school. We had students in school on campus for the vast majority of the school year last year. 
this, these steps are intended to make sure that every student can be there every day and so that they don't have to quarantine, we don't have to worry about that with the priority being in-person learning for every student. And these, uh, all these uh, protocols that you put into place, those are or will be available online if people have some questions Absolutely. about we'll that. Absolutely, we'll be updating okay. the, the website today. There's mm -hmm. one more piece that I do want to point out, Jeff. We're really excited. Many school districts aren't yet welcoming volunteers back. And as you know, we have a lot of people in Northfield who like to volunteer for the school. So we're excited to be able to vol uh, welcome volunteers back this fall. But there is one caveat. You know, because we're bringing people in from the outside to work with our students closely, um, we will ask those people who want to volunteer on a regular basis at the schools, anything that would require a volunteer background check uh, will also require proof of vaccination. So that's another layer of mitigation. We want to welcome people back to volunteer in our schools, and we want to keep both our volunteers and our students as safe as we possibly can. So that is the one, one of the other safety measures that we're taking if I'm visiting the school, that's different, right? We're not going to require proof of vaccination for that. But if I'm going to be someone who's going to volunteer to the point where I'd require a volunteer background check, then we're going to also ask those folks to uh, demonstrate proof of vaccination. Superintendent Hillman is with us, and we're talking about last night's board meeting. Let's move on. You had a couple of uh, school improvement plans uh, presented to you from Community Ed and uh, also the Activities uh, Department. Yes, yeah, so we started our continuous improvement plans, and so uh, Director of Community, uh, Community Education Aaron Bailey pr uh, showed their improvement plan. And what's interesting is, you know, Community Education now operates out of the Northfield Community Education Center, which is a, uh, a site that hosts several different school programs. So Aaron walked through her plans for the year that were uh, across the board, you know, talking about community education, talking about learning uh, kindergarten readiness, and so presenting her plan for the 2021 or 21-22 school year. And so uh, really we're starting to see the real benefit of having all of those early childhood programs and community education under one roof at the Northfield Community Education Center, the former Greenvale Park building. And then for the first time, our student activities department presented a continuous improvement plan. And so the student activities department is, is a division at the high school but we know that they have a special place within the district. And so uh, Joel Olson, uh, activities director, wanted to be part of this. He wants to be part of the continuous improvement planning process. So he laid out a number of different pieces looking at making sure that they are going through the why we play uh, component for each uh, sport, determining those purpose statements, uh, looking at how they can change to online ticketing. That's something that they've learned from the pandemic, that online ticketing can be very efficient for people, and they've got a transition plan. Uh, they're also looking at how they use survey feedback data from parents and how they're using that to improve each activity, uh, whether it be an athletic uh, program or a non-athletic program, how we can keep improving all of our programs to serve kids and families the best. So these are the first two of our continuous improvement programs or plans, and we are excited to hear those goals from community education and student activities last night. The uh, superintendent of schools also outlined uh, the superintendent's goals for the uh, 2021-22 school year, uh, which of course would be yourself. Uh, what uh, Tell us about uh, your, your, uh, your goals for the upcoming school year. So these goals are presented as draft goals. Uh, mm -hmm. I always bring them to the board and they give me some feedback and then we ask them to adopt them at the following meeting. Um, so there's a couple of pieces around really process. As we come out of the pandemic, we're re looking at how we can refine a number of processes to set our vision and our goals for the next five years. So we started last spring uh, working with staff on developing 
um, some goals through a strategic planning process. And as we begin the school year, we're going to be inviting families in and other people from the community to offer us feedback about where do they want to see the school district in five years? What are the things that they would like to see the school accomplish over the next five years? We're just uh, coming to the end of a, a five-year strategic plan, and we want to create a new one for what, what does the community expect from the school and what do they want to see us uh, be able to show that we have done over the next five years. Now, hand-in-hand hand with that is a funding priority plan. So if you have a strategic plan and you have goals for the next five years, any successful organization knows, then you have to align your resources. And we also know that we need to make sure that we're, that, that is sustainable. We've talked many times, Jeff, about uh, funding from the state and how it is woefully inadequate behind inflation. Uh, and so we are looking at a priority plan that will reduce, uh, you know, it will, it will most likely reduce our overall expenditures so that we can make sure that we are uh, using that to keep those that plan sustainable for a five-year process. We've been very fortunate to not have to do budget reductions in Northfield very often over the last 15 or so years, but we want to be ahead of it. We want to make sure that we are looking at what our five-year goals are. How are we going to align the financial and human resources that we have to be able to achieve those goals? So we'll be working on that, and I'll, we'll present that uh, to the board. Um, it'll be a very inclusive process. It will include lots of people from the community to help give us feedback about how we should align those resources, and we'll do that by the middle of March. Um, we'll continue on our anti-racism work. Uh, and then also we're going to be really looking at what people would think of as the curriculum review cycle. It's now called the content instructional review cycle. And we're going to reboot that and present that to the board by mid-December. All right. Superintendent Hillman. And those will be approved or talked about and approved at the next meeting, That's uh, theoretically? That's how it happens, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, once again, uh, is uh, with us. Uh, some of the other things that went on last night, a big uh, thing was... Uh, uh, item was the uh, the transportation the uh, bus contract with Benjamin Bus that got uh, approved again last night for the twenty one twenty two school year. Yes, we are very excited to continue our relationship with Benjamin Bus. We know a local company that has served the community for decades. Uh, very high quality of service to the community. Um, so we do have another two year contract set up. Uh, it includes a 4% increase in uh, this coming school year and a 3% increase for the following year. And then there is some opportunities to extend it a couple of more years as part of that contract as well. And so we are very excited to continue to work with Benjamin Bus again, uh, a, a local business that has been so supportive of the Northfield community and really focuses on making sure that students are safely brought to school on time. And so uh, we thank John and his team out at Benjamin Bus. We're happy to be able to continue this relationship you know, over at least the next two years, and we would anticipate more than that. Well, I imagine the twenty twenty uh, the twenty twenty one season was uh, school year was quite a, quite a year for Benjamin Bus. I mean, they had a, they had to change on the fly a lot and change the rules and keep the buses safe and such. Uh, I'm sure they're looking forward to something. I'll, I don't know if routine would be a, a good word for it, but something a little different this year. You know, that's what we are all hoping to get back mm -hmm. to regular, and we're on that pathway, just not there quite yet. All right. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, anything else from last night's school board meeting or anything else coming up that you'd like to mention while we have you in? Um, I think that we've gone through enough. And I know right. you've got Tim McNiff coming up, yeah, so we Tim's don't want to delay up. Tim. And you'll have one more meeting at the end of, uh, towards the end of uh, August before yes. the uh, school year starts. So we'll talk to you at that point again in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for joining us. Much you bet, Jeff. It. Thanks so much. Have see a great day here. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. Superintendent Hillman from the uh, Northfield School District.